Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here today, and I believe that God's Word today is going to build you up, and you're going to step into the supernatural favor of God. And I believe that God's Word also will continue to conform you into the glorious image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles and go over to the book of Job, chapter 36, verse 11. And we're going to look at this one verse just for a moment, and then we're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. Verse 11, if they obey and serve him. Notice the word if, you may want to underline that because it denotes terms and conditions or requirements that God would expect of us in order for a certain promise or blessing to be fulfilled. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Wow. What a revealing verse and how different God's word is compared sometimes to old fuddy duddy religious traditional type teaching that we've received that was uh, presented to us uh, from well-meaning men who just got off track and for some reason thought we're all supposed to be poor and never have anything. But one day when we go to heaven, then we'll finally have a, uh, a mansion and walk on streets of gold. But my friends, when you read the Bible, it delivers us and sets us free from a mentality of lack or insufficiency. Again, if they obey and serve him, so those are the requirements, then we can step into this. They shall spend their days in prosperity. God wants you to have plenty of money to do all that he has called you to do. He wants you to have extra overflow more than enough so that you can be a blessing. It says they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years, not just a few weeks or months, their years in pleasures. Well, I, I really do think there are some Christians that have not been taught the fullness of the word of God. And they actually think through misinformed teaching that they're supposed to spend their years, not in pleasures, but in pressures. And they have all of these various pressures. And it's almost like they expect these pressures to come upon them. And they do. The difficulties of life certainly are happy to oblige them with the mentality of being pressure minded. And so they have high blood pressure or they have financial pressure or they have pressure over here or pressure over there. And that's not God's design for the life of the believer. God says that he wants us to spend our, our time in prosperity and our years in pleasures, not pressures. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friend, let the Holy Spirit lead you into God's biblical plan for your life. Thank you, Jesus. I think that the reason some people have high blood pressure is because they're under uh, financial pressure and money problems can create stress. And sometimes people, they just do not know what to do. Mm -mm. I've realized that there are many in the body of Christ that they want to do right. They want to obey and serve the Lord, 
but sometimes um, you can't you can't get in because you don't know how. So you cannot walk in an area of obedience if you don't know about it, if you haven't been taught. And you could even think, I, I, I love God, I serve God, and I, I obey God. You can, to the fullest amount of the knowledge that you have, but still, if there's a missing key, you can't go through the door. But once you have the key, the struggle is over. You don't have to break the door down or pry it open with the crowbar. You don't have to have this pressure. You can just take the key, lock the door and go in. So my friends, one of the keys is that if we want prosperity and pleasure, good things taking place in our lives, then we need to obey and serve the Lord. And we have an opportunity to do that right now by honoring the Lord with the tithe and offerings. That is a biblical key to prosperity and pleasures. It's not the only key, but it is a major key. Praise the Lord. So let's do that right now. Let's obey and serve the Lord by bringing the tithe and offering in. Praise God. Now, if you prefer to mail in your tithe and offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Now, those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, or those of you that are going to bring them in online, in, in the little notation box online and on your check, if you're mailing it in, write prosperity and pleasures. Woo! Hallelujah! Glorify the Lord and write prosperity and pleasures. Oh, hallelujah. Now, if you're going to bring the tithe and offering in online, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give as a pink heart on it or red heart. You can click it and it will take you right into the area where you can bring the tithe and the offering into the storehouse of the Lord. And I want to see you walking in prosperity. I want to see you have uh, wonderful things that bring uh, pleasure into your life. And God is looking at you right now, wanting to bless you and wanting to lift you up into the blessed life that he has for you. So push away a mentality that God wants you to be going through a constant battle, a constant war, or constant pressures that are discouraging you and deflating you. No, God wants you in joy. God wants you in victory. God wants you in prosperity. God wants you in pleasures. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, as your people are honoring you with their tithe and with their offering, and Father, as they are obeying, Job chapter 36, verse 11, as they obey and serve you, and they're doing that right now, Father, I pray that they spend their days in prosperity, and I pray that they spend their years in pleasures. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for your faithful giving. The Lord is blessing you. Woo! Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles today and go over to the book of Esther. Praise God. Let's go to the book of Esther today. And I want to talk about enjoying covenant favor. Praise the Lord. Enjoying covenant 
favor, we're going to take off from the book of Esther chapter 2. Please drop down and meet me in verse 9, and let's first of all pray. Heavenly Father, as we're going into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and bring illumination, spiritual illumination. Let the light be turned on spiritually so that we can see the value of favor and that we can know how to walk in it, what activates it, what causes it to flow, and then we can enjoy its wonderful benefits. So Father, let, let the spotlight of favor be illuminated by your Holy Spirit today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your favor. Amen and amen. Esther chapter 2, verse 9. Now the young woman, well, let's start in verse 8. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and many young women were gathered at Shushan, the citadel, under the custody of Hegai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace into the care of Hegai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Woo! It's like he pulled out the good stuff for Esther. So all of these ladies that are in, uh, you could call it like a, a Miss Universe contestant to see who's going to, you know, be chosen by the king to be the next queen. All these ladies have already been assigned uh, you know, these gift packages with the, with the best makeup that's available. But Esther, she gets that, but she gets also some secret stuff, the very best of the best, and that's given to her as well. And uh, she's off to a really good start, and that happened because of favor. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place of the house of the women. So she's now got a supporting cast surrounding her, helping her with her hair, uh, helping her to get through all of these beauty preparations, and uh, helping her with the wardrobe and all of this stuff. And she also was put in the best house. Praise God. I'm telling you what favor will do some amazing things for you. This is the favor that God can give. Let's continue on to verse 17. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. So he has had the presentation of all of them one by one, one after another. And I'm sure because uh, you know, they've already been filtered. The, how can I say they've already been uh, kind of like uh, pre-selected and gone through that there is still a, a long retinue of these various ladies that are all contending. But out of all of them, yes, the king loved Esther more than all the other women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Praise God. Now, divine favor, please listen. Divine favor has the unique ability to set a royal crown of blessing upon your head. There is something about God's favor flowing into your life that will just crown you, praise God, in a way that only favor can do. So what we need to do is, first of all, we need to be able to define favor and understand what it is. 
The Hebrew word for favor, which we see here in the Bible, how Esther was favored, that Hebrew word is hesed, H-E-S-E-D. Now, the word hesed in the Hebrew is a very rich and a very complex word. It, it's layered in its meaning. And our challenge, or the challenge particularly of any preacher, is that there's no exact English equivalent for the word hesed. I can't say hesed means just one word because it makes up much more than that. But even still, we're going to try to define what favor is. So let's try to boil it down a little bit. It's such a, it's such a loaded word, hesed, or favor. And this is kind of what it begins to get condensed into. Hesed can be defined as the extension of favor from God to man, and it's based upon covenant. So hesed is the extension of favor, God extending favor, his favor to man. But when you look and study hesed, you realize that the majority of the time when this favor is extended, it's based upon covenant. Not always, but the majority of the time it is. And even rabbis that, you know, would strictly teach from the Old Testament, they still admit that while it is covenant-based, that it's obvious that God also had it planned for the Gentiles as well to, to be brought into the kingdom. And we see that certainly in what we would know as the New Testament. Now, God loves the people of the world. We know that from John chapter 3, verse 16. But he responds differently to those that he is in covenant with. So while the word has said, which is favor, does include love or what we would even describe as loving kindness. It's so often uh, circling around the theme of covenant. Praise the Lord. Now let's dig deeper into the definition of favor. Biblical favor, God's favor carries the meaning of God's loyalty to those that he is in covenant with. So there is the favor of God, but this favor, this has said is wrapped in loyalty, which again pulls us back to covenant. Hased does speak of love, but the emphasis is on God's loyal love. Woo, praise the Lord. Hased does speak of kindness. Sometimes uh, you'll see it in certain translations. I know the New King James Version uses the translation of loving kindness. So it does refer to kindness, but the emphasis is upon God's dependable kindness. It's kindness that you can depend on. Woo, I like that. Mm-mm. And also, has said the favor of God can be translated as affection, but it, it's the affection where God is committed himself to. He, he could, he's not just like affection to like everybody in a sense where it's all equal. No, there is a, there's an affection to the covenant person where he's in covenant with that. He now releases intentional affection towards that person. And we can also define that affection as favor. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. 
favor, the favor of God. It comes out of devotion to the Lord, out of uh, a heart of loyalty and covenant. Now, let me try to still shrink it down a little bit more simply so that we can understand it in English. Again, there's no one word in the English that we can just uh, boil it all down to, but we're trying to get it at least into a definition that we can grasp it, understand it, and then apply it. So I, I would like to just give you what my definition of biblical favor or God's favor is. Divine favor is God supernaturally working through someone, whether that someone is a, a sinner or a believer, and it's God working through that person to give you the opportunity that you need in order to succeed. Mm -mm. So I'll say it one more time. And this is just my definition of divine favor. It's God supernaturally working through someone, whether that person is a saint or a sinner to give you the opportunity you need to succeed. Praise the Lord. Get ready for this. Divine favor will allow you to live out the script that God wrote for your life before you were ever born. Now that quote I got from Jerry Savelle, who's one of the world's best teachers on favor, but God's favor is for all praise the Lord, all of his people. So I want to say that again, divine favor will allow you to live out the script that God wrote for your life before you were ever born. And I'm going to get into that in just a little bit with some of my own experiences and how uh, I just want to give a few examples of how it helps you to come into this. Praise God. What God just preordained for you. He had it all planned out before you were ever born and it's favor that's going to take you into it. Now let us address the question. What does favor produce? What does this biblical favor of God produce in your life? Number one, it causes people to deal kindly with you. We see this in the book of Joshua. It causes people to deal kindly with you. Joshua chapter two, verse one. Now Joshua, the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodge there. Now we know the situation. Uh, the word's going to get out that there's some spies in the land. So now they're being sought after and Rahab is going to hide them and save their life. Now, verse 12, she's talking to the two spies. Now, therefore, I beg you swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, since I have shown you Hesed or favor that you also will show Hesed to my father's house, to my father's house. Okay. So again, notice how Hesed or favor, in other words, do me a favor, you know, uh, it's, it begins to very quickly here with Rahab begin to touch on covenant. In other words, look, I've hidden you guys and I've spared your life. Now I know that you and the whole army of Israel are coming and I know you're already, I already know you're going to win. So when you take this city, 
spare me and my whole household and everybody I get, all my relatives in the house, don't kill us. Look, I gave you Hesed. Now give me Hesed. Give me favor. Praise God. And you know what? She got it. And uh, they came and they spared her entire house. And even King David descended from her. Even Jesus Christ descended later on down the line from her. Fascinating what God's favor can do to position you, to crown you in a sense that you can have a legacy Mm -mm, despite your past. Excuse me while I drink my water. Praise God. So Hesed favor causes people to deal kindly with you. It caused Rahab to deal kindly. She gave Hesed to the two Israeli spies and the two Israeli spies dealt Hesed to her. They dealt kindly back to her. Mm-mm. It causes people to deal kindly with you. Nobody wants to be roughshod, handled, and uh, just roughed up and talked too rudely. No, you want favor. Praise the Lord. Now, let's, let's look just for a moment at 2 Samuel chapter 9. This is very interesting. 2 Samuel 9, and we'll see another example of how favor, the biblical favor, God can use it just to touch a man's heart. And the next thing you know, he's wanting to be kind to somebody. He's wanting to show favor to somebody. And we see it here in second Samuel chapter nine, verse one. Now, David said, is there still anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him Hased, that I may show him favor, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. See, David and Jonathan were in a covenant together, but Saul has been killed. Jonathan was killed with him. And David as king now is just sitting around thinking about the very special covenant relationship that he had with Jonathan. And he thinks, you know what? Saul's gone. Jonathan's gone. I want to do something to express favor to somebody that would be uh, a relative of him. Verse three, then the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? What is Hesed? What is favor? It's the kindness of God causing people to do things for you that are just kind and nice and even wonderful. Look what David is going to do for a descendant of Saul. Now, uh, he hears about Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan. Verse 6, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear, for I will surely show you Hesed for Jonathan, your father's sake. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to do favor unto you, has said unto you for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Right there was a tremendous release of favor where he has land now given back to him that he had previously lost. And now there is no such thing as lack of food or insufficiency. He's going to be eating at the King's table literally every single day. Why? Because every time David looks at Mephibosheth, he can see 
the characteristics, the physical traits that remind him of Jonathan, his father, whom David was in covenant with. And let me say, if Mephibosheth would have played this right, if he would have, if he would have done right, he could have ridden this favor for the rest of his life. But eventually, later, when David went through a great trial, Mephibosheth lost a lot of favor because he just had a problem in his life that he never overcame. He never understood his true identity as uh, having royalty in his, in his life. And his grandfather was King Saul, and Saul was king, and Saul died. But if Saul would have obeyed the Lord and never got into sin, then his son Jonathan would be uh, the next person in line to have been the king. And if Jonathan would have lived right and honored the Lord, and if, if he would have been the king, that would have meant that Mephibosheth would have been the third king over Israel. But Mephibosheth has just lost all of that. He had very low self-esteem, very uh, low self-worth, and he did not value these covenant relationships, and it eventually cost him, and he lost out. But my friends, that favor though can come in and can just lift you up and put you at the king's table and you in a sense you have to embrace royalty because the only people eating at the table are is the king and the princes and you know the 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 son prince and uh, and and the the daughter princesses and hey you're you're thrown in there you you're you're one of them in a sense you're just one of them praise god so this this uh favor of god uh, working through an individual who's touched with that touch can do something to lift you up and do something extremely kind for you that alters your life in a dramatic way overnight. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Now, we also see in Scripture very clearly that the favor of God will distinguish you in a very remarkable way. I want you to see a verse that's very interesting that brings this out. This is Psalm 17. And I want us to go down to verse 7. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7. Show your marvelous loving kindness. Show your, he said, show your marvelous favor by your right hand. O oh, you who save those who trust in you from those who rise up against them. Now, the word has said is translated here as loving kindness. But I want us to dig deeper and go into a couple of literal translations that literally translate this from the Hebrew. And I want you to hear what it says, particularly in the Smith literal translation. This is fascinating. Verse 7, Smith literal translation. Make your Hesed distinguished. Whoa, can you believe that? Make your Hesed distinguished. I'm telling you, the favor of God, the Hesed of God will distinguish you. Wow. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Here's Young's literal translation. Separate wonderfully your hesed. Mm -mm. Separate 
wonderfully your kindness or your chesed or your favor. Separate wonderfully. It, it separates. It distinguishes. Here's the literal standard version. Separate your chesed wonderfully. Separate your kindness wonderfully. Now, when we look at the New King James Version, show your marvelous chesed. So read it like that. Read it from the real Hebrew. Show your marvelous chesed. Other translations say, show your amazing chesed. And it's implied in the Hebrew that when God does it, it distinguishes. It separates. Why? Because not everybody has it. Even in the church, there are many Christians that don't understand it, or they're not walking in certain areas that release it upon their life, and so they don't have that special touch. But God can put it upon your life. We're going to talk about how to walk in it in just a few more minutes. Praise God. So, my friends, we can see in Scripture that this distinguishing of the said of God, the favor of God, was upon Esther. She she was distinguished. She was different even from the finalist of the other ladies. She's still different. She's still distinguished. She got the best house. And then she got moved into the royal palace. Woo, praise God. Crown on her head. Think about Joseph. When Joseph was in prison, he ended up running the whole prison. Why? It said that the favor of God was on his life. And he had, he had favor with the, with the uh, chief person that was over the prison, but that person let Joseph run everything because God's favor was on his life. Joseph had his own office in prison. Now, yes, it's still a prison. So, you know, uh, it's not, we can't make it like a glorious thing, but even in prison, he had favor, had his own office and he's running everything. And that favor took him from the prison all the way to being the ruler of the nation. He was running the whole nation. He was only under uh, Pharaoh as, as the sense where Pharaoh is still the Pharaoh, but Pharaoh's letting Joseph do everything. Mm-mm. He's under Pharaoh in name only, but Joseph is the one doing, any, do, doing everything. He's basically saying, hey, if you want food, this is how it is. This is how we're running things. This is what we're doing. This is what the plan is. Seven years, we're going to execute this plan. Then we're going to execute this plan. I mean, he's running the whole show and Pharaoh was like, just do it because God's favor is on your life. And you have a level of wisdom that we're not able to tie into the way you are. Mm-mm. And he's walking there in that Abrahamic covenant of wisdom. Praise God. We're tied into that also in Christ, but it's that favor. It's that favor that put him in that place where he could go into that position. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a resume and you turn it in and you're qualified, but everybody else is qualified too, what's going to separate yours? The favor of God. What do you do when there's 3,000 applicants? You know, you need favor, supernatural favor. Praise God. That's why you need to believe that if that's the job that God has for you, that God will give favor to you. And uh, it's just, there's something about the favor that will do what? Distinguish, that will separate in a wonderful way, in a magnificent way. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, today. Hallelujah. Now, divine favor will give you opportunity. Oh, this is very, very powerful. Divine favor will give you opportunity. Opportunity, Pastor Stephen, to do what? 
Well, for Joseph to stand before Pharaoh, for Esther to stand before uh, the king. But it will give you the opportunity as well to meet certain people, special people that God has preplanned that you are to meet that, that will form deep friendships and covenant relationships that are based around kingdom loyalty. Praise God. And God can set these things up uh, that, that nobody else can do. And this, this is the favor of God. I remember one time before I was even married, I was reading a book. A pastor gave me a book to read, and I read the book by a, by a, ver, a very famous preacher that was on television, and the book was real popular. But, you know, uh, I didn't know him or anything like that. I just, you know, I, I'm just reading the book, you know, and I, I read the book, and the book really helped me. It actually saved me from making a mistake that would have caused me a lot of pain, probably would have caused other people a lot of pain as well. And I thank God for that book. Now, when I read that book, and that book greatly changed and impacted my life, I had no idea that one day I'm going to meet the man that wrote that book, and that man is going to end up becoming my spiritual father. And I, I couldn't have guessed that in a thousand years, nor did I know that when I would meet him, when I went to his church, that Kelly was sitting in the church as a single woman believing God for a spirit-filled husband, and that I would meet also my wife at his church. So my friends, there are some things that God wrote a script before you were ever even born, and God had it all planned out. You're going to meet this person. You're going to meet that person. And there have been times, particularly when I was younger in ministering, I would, uh, I would see certain ministers and I would think, wow, that, that's, that's really something. Uh, they're, doing a, they're doing great work for the Lord. And then as time would go by, I would end up meeting them. And oftentimes with certain ones, even form deep friendships that are lasting, where you end up having uh, meals with them and fellowship with them. And, you know, it's more than just, just exchanging a phone number. It's, it's a real friendship. And you'll have, the, you'll have them in your heart, and you'll be in their heart until you go home to be with the Lord. And so really, it's eternal, because when we get to heaven, things are really, in a sense, just beginning. Praise God. So favor will give you opportunity to meet certain people and to have covenant relationships established. It will also give you the opportunity to go through doors that without favor are almost impossible to access. You, you can't get in. You, you, uh, maybe you don't know the people, or maybe you do know them, or, but they're not responding because everybody else is wanting to go through those doors too. But favor is the wildest thing. It can literally get you through doors that other people can't get through. I'll give you an example. One time I went to a, a, a large, uh, it was called a world conference. It was a Christian uh, group that had their, their annual meeting. And thousands of people would come from all over the world, just nations pouring in, people all over the world coming. And uh, they would have uh, the most uh, you know, well-known speakers in the body of Christ speak at the conference and so forth. And so uh, I knew people within this ministry organization that was hosting this big global conference. And Kelly and I got there early. And we wanted to get a good seat because it's going to fill up. 
And it's, uh, this is when we had first gotten married. It's going to fill up and you try to get in later. You're going to be way back in the back or something like that. So we went there and the, there was already a line and there was uh, various doors, but there's already lines. And, uh, and then the ushers were saying, nobody else can come in. Also, you can't come in early unless you have like a pass or something like that. And we just thought, Lord, um, we know a lot of the people here, but they're, they're, they're on the inside and we're on the outside. So, uh, we can't really get in. And this was before cell phones. So we just stood there and, and just said, Lord, we need favor. And a guy came out from the inside, came out of two big doors. They opened up and he looked at me and said, Stephen, what are you doing here? I said, well, we came to, uh, so we can go to the meeting tonight. He said, well, he said, you want to come in now? I said, we would like to. That way we can, um, you know, not have to go through the big crowd later. And uh, uh, he just took us past every single usher, took us past every uh, checkpoint, and took us all the way to the front, took us all the way to the front, said, here, sit right here. And he had authority because he was, he was way at the top. But he happened to come out of the door and saw me, and, then took, and we knew who he was because I had ministered with him one time. And so he took us right in. But without that, without some type of favor, uh, we, we're stuck. We're stuck. So again, the favor will allow you to go through doors. Sometimes they're, they're literal doors. You, you'll be taken through real doors <laughs> into a place that others don't have access to. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Favor will also give you opportunity to go to unusual places unusual countries to do unusual things. And God is going to carry some of you into that by going to unusual places, unusual countries. Now favor will also give you the opportunity to speak and share Christ with very unusual people. And I have found myself, my wife and I, we have found ourselves in very unusual situations around some very unusual people that we have been able to share the Lord with them and even prophesy over them knowing they're completely lost. They don't know God. We don't even know if they're interested in God, but a conversation was struck up and you know, and you, you stand there in a situation like that and you realize in your heart, I will probably never be in this place. I couldn't replicate this moment again. I can't somehow fabricate it because it happened by the hand of God. So since I'm here, I'm just going to go for it and I'm going to share the Lord with them. And if they're open, I'm going to even ask them if I can pray for them. And so many times they'll say yes. And then the prayer turns into a prophecy. <laughs> and I remember I prayed for him. Uh, uh, a very well-known person that, that a lot of people in certain circles would love to meet. And, I, and we somehow just met him in a very unusual place in a very unusual time. And, and uh, most of the, most of the other people that were there were either drunk or having a hangover or, or out of it. This was not a, this was not in the church. This was a secular arena. And I'm not, I'm not trying to walk into places that are, that are sinful, but we were led by the Holy spirit into this place to minister to this person. And the Lord just really, really ministered to that man. Pastor Stephen, did he get on his knees and receive Christ and start talking in tongues? No, he didn't. But he was touched by God, and he, never, he had never encountered God's presence ever before in his life. 
and it's a seed sown, and it's a prayer of blessing. And God loves the world. God loves people. Praise the Lord. And it's a joy. It's a joy. Pastor Stephen, what gets you in uh, the places like that? that um, they're so special, I can't mention them. I, I don't mention them because if you mention certain things, you'll never, ever get back in. Uh, it has to be kept secret. That's a part of maturity. There's some things you just don't tell. You, you protect certain people because those kind of people, they want their private lives kept private. But what gets, what gets a person into places like that? God's supernatural favor. Supernatural favor of God so that you can minister Christ to unusual people in unusual places. I'm telling you, get ready. Many of you are going to find yourself lifted by God's favor into places like that. Mm -mm. Now, let me say this. Favor will fast track you to the top where, where you're able to function and do what God has called you to do. You're able to do your thing. Pastor Stephen, I'm ready to do it, but I need the lifting. Yes, that's what the favor will do. Favor will do it quickly. Favor will fast track you to the top. Praise the Lord. Now, let's get into the nitty gritty. I think whenever we hear the subject of favor, of course, it's very exciting because God's favor can do some, some amazing things for you. It's a, it, is a, it is a very unique key. Again, it's not the only key within the kingdom, but there's something about favor. It's, it's, it's a, a very highly prized key. But while we do know about it, and I feel that we can define it and have a good grasp of it, we need to know how do we get it? How do we get the favor of God? What causes the favor of God to be released into our lives, to be released towards us? So, let's jump into this now. The first thing that will cause the release of God's favor is that we must understand that the initial flow of favor begins with the born again experience. The born again experience is God's act of favor towards us. The new birth is a birth into the family of God's favor. Look at Romans chapter eight, verse 29. Romans 8, verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined. That's you. He foreknew you. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, that's you, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Can't you see, my friend, that this predestination, God's calling, God's pre-planning for you is already evidence of his favor. And once you are in the body, mm -mm, there's the release, the initial release of favor. We see this in Acts chapter 13. Acts 13, verse 48. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as, as many as had been appointed to eternal life, that's predestination. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life, believed, praise the Lord. So favor begins with the new birth, because this, my friends, 
is an election of grace. Salvation is an election of grace. It's not on merit. It's by the grace of God. And what is grace? Well, most theologians define grace as being what? Unmerited favor. Now that is a theological definition, but it is, it fits 100%. It's unmerited favor. So the unmerited favor of God can be classified also as God's divine favor. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Now, as I've mentioned a couple of times, the kingdom of heaven operates on keys. And we're talking about keys, what it takes to get God's favor activated in our lives. We see that these keys are mentioned by the Lord in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we're going to release these keys today, and we're going to use them. Now, one of these keys, one of these conditions is that we must walk in the fear of God. This is not something that's optional. If you want the favor of God to come upon your life and be sustained, we must walk in the fear of God. And I, I just have to, I have to let you know this, and you've probably have already noticed this, but there are certain teachers in the body of Christ who do not really, uh, how can I say it? They, they teach that it doesn't really matter how you live your life as a Christian. Well, you, you were under grace, and so you can live however you want, and you know, we're under grace now. And that is a horrible uh, abuse of the teaching of biblical grace. So you have to watch out for that because remember you have to walk in the fear of the Lord if you want the favor to be upon your life. So if you're living all crazy and stuff like that, and you're practicing sin. I'm not talking about if you sin, you miss it and you make a mistake and you ask God to forgive you. But if you're just practicing continually, continually practicing sin, that is a primary reason why that the promise of favor does not deliver for many believers and they know about it and they, they shout, Amen. Yeah, it's true. I, 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 uh, Lord let favor come upon me, but it's not delivering because they're not walking in the fear of the Lord. See, I can call Domino's pizza. I can get on the phone and say, uh, please send me a large, uh, you know, cheese pizza and, uh, you know, with this and that on it. Okay. So they will deliver that pizza on condition. What is the condition or the terms? Well, first of all, that I, that I pay. Okay. That that's really all you have to do Have to pay and give them an address of where to come to. But my friends, you can ask God, God deliver to me your favor, but he, he's not going to deliver it. If you don't meet the terms or the conditions. And that is that we, we use the keys of the kingdom and we walk in the fear of God. Praise the Lord. First John chapter three, verse seven, little children, let no one deceive you. And there are deceivers out there. There are deceitful teachers that say you can just pretty much do whatever you want. And uh, you know, just live however you want. Doesn't matter. You're going to end up in heaven anyhow. So watch out little children. Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. And verse eight, he who sins. And in the Greek that it's, it's, it's denoted. He who practices sin, he who practices sin is of the devil 
for the devil has sinned from the beginning. So my friends, we do not need to be practicing sin. We need to be living righteous lives that glorify the Lord. First Corinthians chapter six continues to shed more light on this subject. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you were past tense. In other words, that's the way you used to be. We don't practice or do those things anymore. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let me say this. No one ever runs out of favor when you are walking in the fear of God. No one ever is going to run out of favor when you are walking in the fear of God. Woo! Say praise the Lord. Mm -mm. This is very, very important. Walking in the fear of God entitles you to the favor of God. Again, walking in the fear of God entitles you to the favor of God. Woo, praise God. So let favor deliver to you. Amen. By living a life that glorifies the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, here's another key for favor to flow in your life. This one also is very important. You must walk in humility. Because pride will cause you to swiftly lose favor with God. And this, this is very important because the Lord will move. He'll move very quickly in this area. Uh, there's something about, can I call them spiritual sins? You know, there's things you do in the natural. In a sense, it's all spiritual. But there's something you do natural. But these things in the spirit, particularly this area with pride. Whoo, you're talking about short-circuiting the blessings Pride is, is lethal when it comes to uh, its awful consequences. And we see in James chapter 4, verse 6. But he, that's God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, God gives more grace. What is grace? Unmerited what? Favor. It's favor. Favor, 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 favor. And what will cause the favor to lift very quickly is pride. So he gives grace to the humble. He gives faith. See, grace is favor. He gives favor to the humble. So you need to stay humble. Woo, praise the Lord. Watch out for pride. It's a very, very sneaky thing. It's what the devil got all tangled up in. And it got him booted out of heaven and has gotten him an eternity destined that's unstoppable. He's hitting towards the lake of fire and he knows it. My friends, we must walk in humility, walk in humility, walk in humility, resist pride, give the Lord Jesus all the credit, give God all the glory and let that favor continue to ride upon your life. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Now also, in order for the favor to be sustained, we must continue to walk in obedience to God's word. There's, uh, you know, 
we would be hard-pressed to find a more candid example of this as what we see in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. This is one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible that you must familiarize yourself with. Deuteronomy 28, and look at verse 1. Now it shall come to pass if, again, if denotes there are certain terms and conditions that are required to be met before God delivers on the promises. Woo! Now it shall, now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And these things happen because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. So we must continue to walk in obedience to his word in order for the favor to flow. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, we must also be committed to spiritual stewardship. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by spiritual stewardship? Well, let's take a look at this from the book of Galatians, chapter 6, and drop down, please, to verse 7. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Now, the fact that it's corruptible means that it's temporal, means that it's earthly, okay? So he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So there's one type of sowing that is temporal, very earthly, very short-lived, and there's another type of sowing that is eternal, that is eternal value and benefits. And if you sow to spiritual things, you're going to reap eternal rewards, praise God. And in this area of sowing in the spiritual things, the greatest pursuit that you could ever be involved in is the pursuit of winning souls for God. And that's what I mean by being committed to spiritual stewardship. You must be spiritually minded. You must have eternity uh, upon your heart. And you must realize that the most important thing that we can do is to win lost souls for God. Praise God. Is there any more beautiful verse in Scripture? John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise the Lord. So my friends, this is God's greatest interest on the earth, winning lost souls for him. And when you invest into that, the favor of God will ride high on your life, and it will take you to the high places. Praise the Lord. Look at this in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2. Praise God. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Speaking of how God, 
who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God desires for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And when you are tied into that, when you know God wants people to be saved and souls are upon your heart and you take time to witness to those that are open and sometimes maybe even to those that are not so much open, but you're just, you're sowing the seed. Praise God. My friends, when you're doing that, the favor of the Lord will be upon your life. And when you pray and when you intercede and you, you say, God bring conviction that they might turn from their sin. God grant repentance. God have mercy. And also when you have opportunity, you speak to people and you lift up Jesus. Never forget the most important evangelistic tool that you'll ever have is your personal testimony of what God did for you. I'll never forget the day that I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I, I, I had grown up in church and I was very religious, but I wasn't born again. But when I was a senior in high school, I gave my heart to Jesus. And the moment I did, it felt like 2000 pounds of weight came off of me. And I knew I had passed from spiritual death in the spiritual life. And I went down to the river and got baptized there in the Frio River uh, in Bandera, Texas. Praise God. Frio, of course, meaning cold. And it was true to its name. It was cold, but I was happy and warm in my heart. Praise God. So you could always show your testimony anywhere, any place that anybody's willing to hear it. You can always share your testimony. Praise God. And you'll be amazed at how that will, that speaks to people. Glory to God. So my friends, when you apply these keys, you'll start walking in new levels of favor. Jesus grew in wisdom and in favor with God and man. So you could increase in favor, increase in favor, increase in favor. And God's going to place it upon your life. And God's going to use it to take you to amazing places that you're supposed to go. And that's your ticket to the top. It's the favor of God. But the favor of God is not just like random accidental luck or chance. When you see a believer walking in favor, you're looking at somebody that's walking in covenant knowledge. You're looking at somebody that understands kingdom keys. It's not that they're lucky. It's not that they were, uh, you know, quote, born under a lucky star or some kind of a uh, horoscope type, uh, you know, soap opera life. No, 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 no. They're working the covenant. It's God's blessing. It's happening on purpose. Praise the Lord. And when you know it, you can sustain it. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to walk in his favor. Walk in his favor, his love, his goodness, his loving kindness. Mm. Oh, God's going to put it on you. And there will be times you extend said to others. You'll extend favor towards others because you sense God is flowing through you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe God's favor is coming to you very quickly. I, I felt impressed the Holy Spirit to teach this message. Because I believe that you're going to need his favor, but the favor is going to be there and a new door. Perhaps, are you ready? Perhaps one of the greatest doors you've ever gone through before. It's a door of expansion, 
and increase and blessing. It's not, it's not like you're having Esther, you know, like it's not like somebody's putting a, a, a crown on your head, but I would call it a crowning moment. Yes, I would absolutely call it a crowning achievement. And it's going to be, it's going to be initiated through favor. And so you go through the door and you'll be crowned. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, you're positioning your people for favor. And Father, it's your intention that it not be a one-time act, but it be sustained upon their lives because they're going to need it again. They're going to need it again. And so, Father, let your favor come in a new way. Let the spirit of favor, as mentioned uh, in the book of Zechariah, let the spirit of favor come right now upon your people at rest and let them apply these keys, Father God, of of walking in the, in the spirit of the fear of the Lord and, uh, and, and these other principles of humility and obedience to your word and being committed to spiritual stewardship of having a heart for the lost. Lord, let them use these keys and let favor be sustained upon their life in a beautiful, beautiful way. And Father, let it take them to the top. And we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, say, I receive and shout, Amen. Praise God forever. And ever. Now, perhaps you have watched this message, but you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. My friend, this is your opportunity to step into divine favor and, of course, most importantly, receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life within your heart. If you would like to get your life right with God, right now, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you died on the cross at Calvary to save sinners just like me. Jesus, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. Save me now. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior right now. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. If you have prayed that, welcome to the family of God, the family of favor. Woo. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. My friends, let us celebrate the favor of God and proclaim the Lord's death until he returns by now taking Holy communion together. Why don't you take communion with me in our online church family? You can get some grape juice and some unleavened bread. I use these little travel packs. I love these little things because it's all in one. You can take it anywhere you go. And let's take Holy Communion together today. And first, let's pray over the bread and the juice. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. And we set it apart through this prayer as being holy. And we thank you that this is now the body, the flesh, and the blood of Christ our Savior. Now, Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, we thank you for his word. As we receive his flesh, we receive his favor. Thank you, Father God. We bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. You're receiving favor. You're receiving the flesh of Christ. You're receiving favor. Praise God. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, its beautiful cleansing power 
applied to our lives right now. Father, we ask you would wash us clean from all sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Father God, that we are in right standing with you. Thank you for your favor resting all over our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Father God, for just a heart for the lost, to bring them into the safe place of security in Christ. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. In his great name, we pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let's receive. Praise God. Praise God. Now, keep using the keys that I've shared and watch as God demonstrates miracle, supernatural, divine favor to you. And you'll know that came from God. My friends, thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.